welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, we need our pulpit up here because you can't preach without a pulpit. This is now the third time we have had the privilege of hearing from some of our younger people in our church. And uh, previous times, we've called it Rapid Fire, which I thought was a pretty good name, but they've since changed. You've got these young people, they're always changing things. So it's the uprising. Rapid Fire is so five minutes ago, it's all about uprising now. <laughs> so this is the uprising. Let's be here, you say, uprising! Fantastic. So that's what this is all about. Is that right? Is it the uprising? And what we have up here um, are our amen corners, our praise corners. These are our encouragement corners, okay? And so these are, these are friends of those who are sharing tonight. And so they're just going to be up here saying, oh, that's awesome. And they're just encouraging their mates. Because it's quite daunting up here to stand in front of people. You know, they say that public speaking is the hardest thing to do. Most people would rather jump out of a plane than do public speaking. That's what they tell me. That's these statistics. And so these up here, just as a bit of moral support, encouragement. But it doesn't have to stop up here. We want all of us to encourage those who are going to be sharing tonight. And we're going to start with the oldest member of our preachers. Then it's just going to kind of, I think it's younger and younger and younger. I'm not too sure. We get one who's about this big, I think it is. But um, So are you ready to hear some great preaching tonight? Are you ready to encourage some great preaching tonight? I, I, I say this pretty much every time I preach, and that is this. There are two preachers in the room. There's a person who stands up here, and there's a person who's sitting in your seat. And as they are preaching tonight, I want you to let the preacher in you out. I want you to say yes. I want you to say amen. I want you to get a little bit excited as these men and women share tonight. So the first cab off the rank is none other than our good friend, Sean Barry Laws. Come on, Barry. There we go. There we go. Better late than never. Hello. Come on, Barry. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can be heard. All right, thanks for that intro right, song. Go, I apparently look like Cy when I have my hair done, but apparently I look like a bikey at the moment, so I don't know what's going on. All right, so, yeah, I'm Barry. My real name's Sean, so you can ask everyone else how I got my name, so I can be while explaining right now because I only have seven minutes. Um, all right, so I'm a leader here for our Look Up The Year 7 Boys. Any Year 7 Boys in the house? Look at right there, one right here. This guy's all right. Not sure about his shoes, but he's all right. All right, so... I was speaking about David. Does anyone know who David is? All right, so I'm not going to go on the whole David and Goliath killed whatever the tall guy. Not, it's everything up to that. So basically, if you guys don't know who David is, all right? He was youngest of eight, youngest of eight brothers, all right? So the first three, I mean, sorry, the oldest three went to battle with Saul. Uh, what else is here? Because I'll read notes because I forget everything. Um, he was a patient and obedient man of God to his father named Jesse. He went on to be a great leader in the Bible. So, yeah, if you want to know anything else, it's in 1 Samuel 17, 1 to 51. So, yeah. All right. So the first, first thing he had to yeah, implement into his life was patience. All right? Right. So apparently my words are right, so I'll be saying right a lot tonight. So get used to it. All right. David was patient. Right? All right. Calm down, right? All right. So 
<laughs> yeah, I got the mic, so heck, let's just calm down, yeah? All right. So David was a shepherd, so all he did was tend sheep. So that's not like the best job in the world. It's just like sheep. Grab him. Oh, look, a lion. Let's go kill that one. Get the sheep back. So he did that day in, day out, and watched his brothers come back and forth from war, all right? So how... What the... <laughs> I don't know what that sound was, but I guess it's a, yeah, good. Um, so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he, he was patient. See, David wasn't the kind of patience where he just, this wasn't David. Oh, look, brother's gone to war. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's cool. Nah, he actually did stuff. I'm going to fall off in a second. No, it's all right. He actually did stuff. He was like, tending sheep. Oh, see you guys. Tending sheep. See you guys. Back day in, day out, he was doing that. So that's what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to be sitting down and waiting for him to say something, right? He wants us to be actively doing something, actively into the Bible, actively going out and um, serving, right? He actually wants to do something. That's patience. You may think that's doing nothing, but that's patience to its fullest. Like, doing the rubbish stuff, like, Let's be honest, like, rubbish stuff is boring. But doing the rubbish stuff will set you up for the future. So it's like, I'll go back to my notes, something like a fish. Um, go, <laughs> all right, yeah, God wants us to exercise patience. He's not going to hand out on a silver platter. Like, it's not, it's not going to be easy. Like, Christianity isn't easy. But it can be easy if you just stay with him, keep close to him, suck into his word, right? All right, so as he implemented his patience... Like, with patience, he had obedience, all right? Right. Where is it? Um, got paper all over the joint because I don't have an iPad. I sold it for a TV. Um, <laughs> I lost my license, so I needed something to stay at home with. I don't think an iPad is a very big screen, so. So, yeah. Thanks to Paul O'Neill TV services, I got a TV. All right. So, yeah, Dave was obedient, right? Um, <laughs> he would... His dad would tell him to do stuff. He would just do it. Like, he had nothing. He's like, tend the sheep. All right. Like I said, he was patient. He was obedient in that. God sees that obedience. You may think sitting down and being obedient is doing that one thing. You're sitting down like, yeah, okay, in the workplace, people getting promoted. In school, oh, look, they made school captain. In your club, oh, they're captain. He, he, you're not like, David didn't get up and was like, oh, I want that. I want that. I want they, what they want. He, stay, he stayed and was obedient to God and was patient in that. All right? Um, what else is here? Like I said, I'm a fish, so. Out of responding, out of responding acting, and obeying the small things of God slowly, to God, he, um, he slowly was getting revealed. I can't remember my own writing. It's horrible. Out of the small things, God was like slowly re relieving. Sorry, I'm like Joe Williams when it comes to talking. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry, that was on the mic. Um, slowly re revealed the will of God in his life. There, was plenty of there are plenty of opportunities in, like, out there that we act on in obedience. See, Sammy was open to opportunity. He saw this opportunity. He took it. And I have obedience, right? So his dad asked him, right, take some bread, take some cheese, whatever, to your brothers, see how they're doing, see if they're all right. Um, but out of that obedience, there was this opportunity to fight Goliath, which is like, it's like, this is what it looked like. Do you know when he shugs is? He's like a, what, you got seven, seven foot? 6'4", that's still pretty tall. He's like a tall, lanky dude. It would be like him, like he's Goliath, 
versus Jimmy Rainbow, who's about this tall. That's what it'll be like. <laughs> be quiet. Um, so God was with him that. So he ended, up, he ended up killing him, which is pretty cool. I mean, like, Jimmy Rainbow killing, I don't know, Tony. He's a unit. He's pretty hard to get killed. I mean, look at him. Pretty sure that tan's legit as well. Um, see, out of, out of his patience and obedience, God was working in the background. Right, so through all like the small stuff, tending the sheep, doing that for a long time, watch brothers go back and forth, back and forth, would have killed him. But out of his patience, out of his obedience, bigger and better things came. See, his, bro- his brothers were just fighting a war, all right? His brothers were just fighting a war un- under a king. David became the king, all right? So out of, out of the small things and his little acts of obedience, little acts of patience, he ended up becoming king, from a shepherd boy to a king. So... Yeah, out of David's patience, God rewarded him. Out of his obedience to God, he rewarded him. When David saw the opportunity, he saw it. So we, we, we need to see the opportunity. When you think there's no opportunities out there, but there's plenty of opportunities, all right? It doesn't matter where you are with walk of Christ. If you're obedient, patient, and have the openness to opportunity, God will reveal his plan and purpose in your, in your life for you to grasp, all right? So that's what I pretty much want to leave you with. And yeah, I'm out. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Barry. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Fantastic. I just want to say, before I introduce our next little speaker, that what you heard Barry share, all the joking aside, he actually lives that message. He's uh, incredibly faithful in the worship team, but as he mentioned before, he also uh, oversees certain kids in the youth group, namely the Year 7 boys, of which my son is one of them. And what you need to know, for this one opportunity that he got tonight to speak, he has driven my son and many of your sons around to this place and to that place and to that place and to this place and to this place and to that place again and again and again. So he's not just up here having fun, making us laugh. He lives that message. The patience and the obedience has led to this moment tonight. So Barry, thanks so much, mate. I really do appreciate that. Our next speaker is so special. We, we designed her own pulpit for her tonight. Okay, now none of this tall stuff. We don't want to hide him. We want her to, to be seen in all of her glory. And uh, you need to encourage her just as much as you encourage, uh, encourage Sean. So please, please, please put your hands together for Kimmy One Direction Hoffman! Come on, Kimmy! Hello, everybody. Um, so as you heard, my name is Kimmy, but a lot of people call me Kimmy Jin, or if you can't remember that, a lot of people just call me Asian. So I'll respond to that, okay? <laughs> but guys, heads up, who here has heard Dan Leanne preach before? Okay, he's really good at making Asian jokes. I'm not, okay? So I'm no Dan Leanne tonight. <laughs> so tonight I'm going to be talking about priorities because that is something that is close to my heart and I can um, often find myself struggling with. Um, so Tony said like One Direction, but it's Bieber, okay? 
So, does anybody here love Justin Bieber? Not, not really. Are there any One Direction fans? All right, um, who loves their children? Who loves baking? Who loves drawing? Who loves um, swimming? You know, my point is we all love something. We all prioritise something. And we're all talented at something. If you guys know my dad, you will know he loves Queen and Bon Jovi. So... <laughs> Personally, it's not really my style because, like, I get in the car and there's this song and it's, like, about, like, girls with fat bums making the rocking world go round. <laughs> um, I think everyone here knows that Tony loves soccer, all right? He always goes on about soccer. So, um, my, po my point is, is who's been to, like, a concert or um, a footy match um, and who's screaming out, like, I love you, Harry Styles, please marry me. Or, um, you know, they're barracking for their team. <laughs> um, in saying that, like, do we worship God with that same enthusiasm? I'm not saying that we have to come before God and say, Jesus, please marry me. Like, I love you so much. You're so hot. But I'm saying... <laughs> But I'm saying that we have to do it with the same heart. And, you know, there's so much more we can give to God. Um, the scripture I'm reading from tonight is Mark 10, verse 15 and 16. So that says, I tell you the truth, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. After, he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. So God is right there. He is right there. He has open arms. He is just waiting for us to come to him. He's waiting for us to prioritise him, to put him before our talents, our hobbies, um, our favourite artists. You know, once we do that, miracles will happen. Our life will be changed. And you know what? When we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. So we just need to put him first because that's when our life will be changed. Jesus died on the cross and he paid the ultimate price. For us, it's our choice. It's our choice to love him. It's our choice to prioritise him because he's already doing that. That's something that we have to do ourselves. So I've got some questions we might want to ask ourselves. So who plays like a Friday night sport um, here? Like do they play soccer or tennis or something? You know, are we going to play that sport or are we going to prioritise youth? Um, so who here has kids? Can they be like a pain, a struggle? You know, I don't want to wear that dress. I don't want to go to bed. But mommy, I just want to have an, like an extra scoop of ice cream. Like they are a pain. Like I've got three siblings. They, I love them dearly, but they are really annoying. So when our kids are a pain and they're not doing what we ask, are we going to go, you know what? I'm not going to go to Connect Group tonight because I, I, just, I can't deal with my kids at the moment. I just need to get them like under control. You know, we need to prioritise Connect Group. You know what? You can handle your kids. You know what? God has blessed you with kids. And you know what? The reason he did that is because he will not give you anything you can't handle. You will handle those kids and go to Connect Group. Um... Are we praying every day and doing a daily devotion or are we letting like life's events get in the way? So when you wake up, the first thing you should do is like pray to God. But you know, actually I got like a rise in my job. I actually need to do my hair well today or maybe at school photos. Sorry, I just, no, nah, I can't, Jesus, makeup or Jesus, which one? Like we, we need to, we need to prioritise him. <laughs> so would, would all of you say you love Jesus more than Facebook and Twitter and Instagram? Well, are we on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram more than we read the Bible? So, yeah. 
Um, in, in saying all this, we can listen to a message after a message after a message and not change anything about it. We can live the same life we lived, um, lived yesterday. We cannot change anything. So we need to actually prioritise God. Um, so there are times where I go and listen to Justin Bieber and I have to stop and go, no, I'm going to put praise and worship music on because I'm not going to praise and worship Justin Bieber. I'm going to praise and worship my, my God, my King, my Saviour, my Father. Something that I find helps is every time you go to do that priority and that thing you love, maybe you should stop and go, you know, I'm going to devote this time to God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible, you know, because talking to him should be a priority. Like he's our best friend. He loves us so much. Um, But then again, it shouldn't be something we have to do. It should be something we want to do. Um, Getting your priorities straight doesn't mean you have to block everything out. It doesn't mean you have to go and delete your Instagram account. It doesn't mean you have to go and burn all your Justin Bieber CDs. It just means you have to know what's first in your life and, um, you know, and we should know that that is God. Um, so um, in conclusion, it's my prayer tonight that these words said um, will have a positive impact on you guys. And, you know, I don't care about how many well done you did well, Kim, I, Kim, Kim's I get. I just want you guys to take what has been said and prioritise God. I want you guys to take what is said and, um, you know, actually put that in your lives. So thank you for listening. Let me be the first to say, well done, Kim. I think we're all a bit shell-shocked. I got schooled in how to parent from a 13-year-old. <laughs> Anyone else feel like that? How, how old are you, Kim? It's 13. Is it 13? 13, going on 33. Oh, my gosh. Is there anything the Asians can't do? She's awesome. <laughs> I feel so unworthy right now. Oh, I've got to up my game. I hope to get at least one well done Tony at the end of this night. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, Kimmy, that was awesome. Let's show appreciation one more time for Kim. She was great. Our third speaker tonight is a beautiful young lady, just a little bit older than Kimmy. I want you to put your hands together for Hannah, the better half or the other half of Team Frederick, is that right? Rainbow. So let's welcome Hannah to the platform. Come on, Hannah. Okay, so as um, Kimmy mentioned before and most of you know, I'm a big fan of One Direction. So... (laughs) Like, when they were in Adelaide, I spent a lot of time trying to find them because I wanted to meet them. So, like, me and Hannah Coy were praying till 4am after the concert so that we could meet them. We went, we dragged Xander into the city the next day and we made signs and we called up all the radio stations, see if they had extra tickets. So we went a long way because we were passionate about seeing One Direction. 
So I want to talk tonight about how passionate are you to see your friends and family come to church and come to know Jesus. So I'm going to start by reading from Mark 2, verse 1 to 12, which says, A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of the mole. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. So how many of you have tried to invite someone to church and you've got a stupid excuse? Like I've got, I feel a cold coming on tonight. I don't think I can come. My mum's scheduled in some TV time for me. I've got to feed my pet unicorn. Like, seriously, they get ridiculous. So I guess they're used to living their life this way and they don't realise there's something better for them. So I guess what I'm saying is persevere and carry on. So these, the paralysed man in this story is our broken and hurting family and friends. And the thing I love most about this story is it wasn't one of them carrying this man, it was four of them. So we need to get good Christian friends around us who are going to help us carry our friends. So I guess... It's going to be uncomfortable and inconvenient at times, but are you willing to go through that to see your friends come to Jesus? From the start, these men had no guarantee that he would even get to Jesus, but they had faith. So are you willing to pick up friends having no guarantee that they're going to get there? So who are you willing to pick up? And then in verse 4, it goes on to say, Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When it looked like they'd got as far as they could go, when it looked like they'd tried their best, they went further. They had such a passion to see their friends come to Jesus that they went further. They climbed up on the roof and dug through it. That's not an everyday thing. Like, you don't just casually climb up on a roof and dig through it. What are you willing to dig through to get your friends to Jesus? What things are you willing to dig through? And are you willing to go out of your way? So our friends and family are stuck with their sin unless we make it our responsibility to change that. Are you going to take responsibility for their sin, even though it's not yours, but take it for them like Jesus took it for us? So our friends in this church is relying on us, so we need to step up and carry our friends. And we can't stop when we're almost there because Jesus didn't stop at almost. He didn't almost save us and almost die for us. He didn't stop till it is finished, so we need to not stop at almost. So what do you... What are you willing to dig through so that your friends can see their breakthrough? So the whole time, again, these men had no guarantee. Even when they were digging through the roof, they still had no guarantee their friends would get there. But he went anyway. And so I guess what I'm saying is when the, par- the paralyzed man got to Jesus, he had his sins forgiven and he could walk. And I want to bring that back to One Direction. <laughs> and 
So when we went into the city, we ended up meeting the drummer, we met the support act, and we got tickets to a second show. So I guess what I'm saying is Jesus always gives me, us more than what we hope for. He never gives us what we're expecting. He always gives us so much more. So I guess in conclusion, I'm saying how passionate are you to see your friends and family? Are you willing to pick up a mat and carry it? Are you willing to dig through some stuff? So, yeah. Well done, Hannah. Enjoying this? Well done, Hannah. <laughs> One Direction. Justin Bieber. I don't know. Not Queen. <laughs> Fantastic. This next young man's a, an absolute little trooper. And uh, I want you to give him an incredible, warm welcome. I speak of none other than Mr. Mitchell Buttermenthal Jones. Come on, Mitchell. There you go. That for you, buddy. Come on, Mitch. Get your Buttermenthals. All right. Um, as you've heard, my name is Mitchell uh, Buttermenthal Jones. Thanks to Paul, if you're out there. Um, and I'm also one of Barry's Year 7 boys, so go Barry. Um, today I'm going to talk about blind faith, and here it goes. Okay, so Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When you go on a night hike and you take your torch, you can only see just in front of you. The torch is like God's word. It only shows us what we need to see, not to fall off the path or go on the wrong path or fall into temptation. In our life, God may not always show us the end of the path because maybe we have a lesson to learn or maybe even we're not ready for it yet. And this is where blind faith comes into play. Blind faith is knowing that no matter what you're going through or what circumstance you're in or what you can't see in the future, that whatever is happening happens for a reason and that God will guide you through it. Um, 1 Corinthians 10 to 13 says, No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course or oath what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He will never let you be pushed past your limit and He will always be there to help you come through it. Now, God isn't going to take us on a path that we can't handle. So why not have faith in Him? Not having faith will only worsen your situation and being able to trust in somebody will lighten your burden and give you someone to talk to when maybe your voice isn't heard by anybody else. So why not trust God? You need to remember that God can turn your mess into a message and He can turn your break and your brokenness into a breakthrough. All that you need to do is have faith in Him no matter what. If you're in a rough patch, have faith in God. If you're being bullied at school, have faith in God. If you've got a bad exam, exam mark, have faith in God. If you're not doing well at your job, just have faith in God. And if you're just good, still have faith in God. James 4 verse 8, 
verse 8 says, Come near to God and He will come near to you. If you have faith in the hard times, God will bless you by again lightening your burden. Um, personally, I'd rather do a life with, with faith in God as my guide than do it alone. <laughs> we want more. Oh, who, who wants more? I'm going to get him up in a moment. Can we just have some music playing? I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but a moment's been created. It's just been building. And as Mitch just shared then, I think it's like, it's almost like a challenge. And even a mild rebuke. Because you've just seen four people speak, but you don't know their stories. You don't know their background. You don't know what they're going through. And what makes, in particular, young Mitchell Jones' story so profound and what he shared so profound, did you notice a big smile on his face? I know something of what he's walking through. And it has not been easy for him. But for him to stand up here and do what most people are terrified of doing, and that is public speaking, and to do it with a smile on his face and speak with such clarity and depth and to be walking what he's walking through is a challenge to all of us in this place. And I want the rest of the musicians to come up and join me on stage, if you would, just quickly and quietly. As we just ponder and reflect upon what has been shared. I'm not here saying that one of the speakers was better than the other, but I just felt this thing was building and building and building. And I just feel like with what Mitch has just shared, gives us an opportunity to respond. So these nights are not just about giving young guys a go. It's not about that. If if that's what you think it is, you've missed the point. If you think this was cute, you have missed the point. God doesn't want to wait till they're 103 before He uses them. He's using them right here, right now. And He's using them to minister to us. He's using them to speak into our situation. I made a joke about Kimmy schooling me in parenting, but there was a, there was a point to that. Wow, he's got a point. And I don't want us to get so old and so professional and so commonplace when it comes to the things of God that it just becomes mundane. I want us to live with an incredible sense of urgency, love, and the priorities that we heard about tonight. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.